All right, and good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Senpai Kohai podcast, originally the Country Fried Otaku, but with a change of heart and a change of name, we're back. This is Trey, joined by Steven. Steven, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Just kind of holding down the fort like I usually am. Uh, been enjoying some nerdy stuff lately. I just got off of a long overnight stint at work, and now it's time to play catch-up. I'm glad you're enjoying nerdy stuff because I've actually taken a vow of chastity. I am no longer doing nerdy stuff. So this is going to be a very short episode. I'm sorry. Um, you're a liar. I know how much hentai <laughs> you watch. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess we can go ahead and get into the nerdy stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I know you got a full plate. They just had a Dragon Quest 35th anniversary you know, stream and announced like a million things. So what I know you're just hot, chomping at the bit to get into that. So let's, I, let's go with it. God, there's nothing I dream about at night except for that 35th <laughs> anniversary announcement. <laughs> got, they got the Dragon Quest 12 or announcement that it's in production. Mm-hmm. They've got the Dragon Quest monsters with um, Eric and his sister from Dragon Quest 11. So a spinoff from 11. That's all. Yeah. Welcome. DQ Treasures, I believe it's Treasures. called. Yeah, yeah. And they've got Dragon Quest Ten offline, which is hopefully coming to the West. I don't think it's been confirmed, but I'm hoping it will be. Um, I feel like there's... Oh, yeah, and Dragon Quest Three, 2D, HD, Polygon. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a Dragon Octopath Traveler Quest. I like that a whole lot more. That's a lot less suffixes. <laughs> that's nice i like that dragon quest octopath that's cool uh, yeah it's just it, you know these committees that get together in japan for whenever they're making something and their code names are just off the wall like if you ever want to see that look at the credits of anime and you'll usually find like some kind of weird ass name committee yeah. and i mean there's some that are on the nose but there are also some ones where they're like you're like okay i guess i guess that makes sense <laughs> i feel like that has to be really really easy on the resumes like oh yeah i was on the attack on titan committee the monster masume committee i was also on the teletubbies committee that is a very wide (laughs) resume (laughs) that is is a very that is a very skilled and just expansive (laughs) resume you can you could be impressed if you'd like and also hire me at any rate because i take anything Oh man! Well, I, I mean, Crunchyroll is involved in all that now. I think Netflix has, you know, uh, command of some committees and things like that. That's why they keep getting series that they take forever to release, and everybody just bootlegs off of the Japanese broadcast, anyways. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> stuff they have no business taking. Oh, Netflix! Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the only thing that Netflix has that I'm interested anime-wise is the Resident Evil CG. It's really that and that's it everything else that comes out just looks like shit except for this resident evil thing and that's well, like, I, I don't know well i look they have little witch academia which is the only trigger anime that has not not got a oh no i'd be wrong because brand new animal the other one that netflix has Ooh, yeah. also has not gotten an actual blu-ray or dvd release which is garbage I forgot about both of those being on there exclusively. That's insane. I can't believe Little yeah. Witch Academia hasn't. It's been years at this point. Yeah, that's a that's kind of old at this point. 
yeah, it's it's wild how much it, we really are missing out on some trigger home releases. Uh, but you know, I definitely uh, I'm not salty about it at all. Mm, I don't know. You taste it. All right. <laughs> so I uh, I wanted to do a little segment with you, just as mm. kind of a, a little giggles, and I, I want you to play whose theme is this. And I'm going to give you the title oh, of a theme, and I want you to match it to the anime you think it goes to. And now, I'm terrible at this game, especially because you're going to play a theme to a modern anime, and my old ass is going to be like, that's not Potomayo or freaking El Hazard, the Magnificent World. What the hell? No, most of these aren't. They're not going to be obscure. They're going to be popular ones. So they're, I'm going to give you the name of the song. It, it, okay. They're, they're going to be easy. I believe. Okay. So the first one, Gurren no Yumiya by Link Horizon. Link Horizon? Mm-hmm. Very, they're very popular for being attached to one specific anime. No? Uh, I, no? Like, I, I'm going to make a guess and it's going to be obscure and you're going to be disappointed. Let me uh, hear it. Let me hear it. <laughs> I was going to say Log Horizon. Oh. Because because a lot of times the bands have similar names to some of the series they're doing. Like actually, bands that are, will change their name slightly sometimes mm-hmm. to kind of match up with the anime they're working with. Yeah, um, I mean I've seen that in a few cases. Not always the case, but so, I bet it's. Uh, come on, tell me what it is. It's something I don't know. It's Attack on Titan. <laughs> I knew it was Attack on Titan. Fuck! I should have said it. <laughs> I should have said it. I just just because I never watched the anime. I watched two episodes. I, that's that's the hypest part. That's I know the show I, I, is pretty hype, but it, it's hype. I've heard the theme's pretty good. I've yeah. heard I've heard it before myself, and it is pretty in, intense. Kind of gives me the same vibe as like uh, the Black Lagoon opening. Ooh, I haven't seen the Black Lagoon opening or Black Have Lagoon. You, you should watch Black list. Lagoon. Black Lagoon is really good. Yeah, it's dark, definitely dark, but it's good. I like that. So I'm. Um, I thought about playing these for you, and then I thought about singing them. Just to make oh. it worse. <laughs> but I have a sleeping baby in the house. Yes. And I don't think yeah. I need to be doing that. Yeah, so, all the cats that would just join in would definitely <laughs> wake wake your baby up. The, the toms <laughs> that would just hop in with their uh, banjos. Next up is Cruel Angel's Thesis by Yoko Takahashi. Neon Genesis Evangelion. There we go. That's the easy ones. That is super easy, but also better song on that on that soundtrack is "Fly Me to the Moon." So, like, there's a rendition of the Sinatra song. Yeah, it's like their own little version of it that they did as the closing uh, song. But here's a fun fact about "Cruel Angel's Thesis." The woman who composed that literally forgot that she composed it. It's been so long because she just did it as a job. She's been collecting royalties on that bitch for years. And just like they did an interview with her, and she just seemed to be like, "Oh yeah, I did that job." Like she's not some like severe fan of it, or like super proud of it. She's just like, "Yeah, that was a job I did." Okay. I wouldn't either. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I watched that," <laughs> but that's my own feelings. Uh, <laughs> yes. So next up is "Smile Bomb" by Matsuko Mawatari. Smile Bomb. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Classic shonen. Involves oh. snooping around in the paranormal. Snooping around in the paranormal. Man, I, this is going to be really obvious when you actually say it to me. Snooping around in the paranormal. Good lord. Why is that sound? Oh, no. Think no. 90s. 
Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Snip think, yeah. think guns, swords, roses, demons. <laughs> okay, so now I'm just thinking of uh, revolutionary, revolutionary Utena, but no. that's, that's no. not it. I know it, it isn't. Yu Yu Hakusho. No, <laughs> snooping around. Like, oh, come on. You could have just said Dark Tournament, and I just would have been like, oh, there it is. That would have been too easy. <laughs> that's the look. Point. You knew Hockey Show stopped being about a spirit detective like maybe 18 episodes in, and then it was just tournament after tournament after tournament until the end. That's what it felt like. Yeah. At least. I mean, it was like, I, if it wasn't a tournament, then it was like a tournament like structure where there was a set of bad guys. And like, I really feel like Fairy Tale suffered from that syndrome too. It was like, oh, there's a dark guild, and everybody gets their turn to fight. And then the next story arc is like, oh, look, it's another dark guild, and everybody gets their turn to fight. If you say, I don't know anything about fairy tale, but you're pretty much right about Yu Yu show. They they really did lose that. They just went straight into battle. They went straight battle anime after yeah. a certain period because I liked the storyline of like a like a spirit detective and um, he got to come back to his girlfriend, you know Keiko, and like I kind of like the interaction of that. But then it just became a like constant battle yeah. kind of anime, and I got I the problem is I can't. I can't binge that kind of thing. Like, it makes sense if you were watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. But if you were watching 20 episodes of Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, it's hard to sit there for, you know, 10 hours and watch people fight. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when, I was, when I was 12 and 13, I probably was super stoked about it. So I was, I was mixing that with Batman when Nolan was born. And <sighs> so good. That was it was easy for me to kind of keep it fresh with those two. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of detective going on there, sort of. Well, Batman was really carrying the detective there. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, that animated series is such a, a masterwork. And honestly, if you could s- split those episodes in between some of like the battle stuff with like any Dragon Ball Z or Yu Hakusho, I can see how you could make it to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, the last song oh, is Go by Flo. And I don't, I don't think you're gonna get that one. It's Naruto Shippuden. No, I know that's Naruto Shippuden. I actually have a, I have an album by Flo because that song. That's it's the best. Also, one. also, uh, you know, like I have uh, from Bleach, they had a song called Asterisk. There's a band called Orange Range, and that band is actually really effing good. And you should listen to uh, their albums if you get the chance. Like kind of like you, you discover Beat Crusaders from uh, uh, Back Mongolian Chop Squad. Yeah, and, yeah, fantastic group. Uh, Beat Crusaders, Orange Range, Flow. Uh, God, what was I think? I think Flow had a song on Air Gear as well that I was really into. Hmm. And that, and that might be a different band altogether. Oh, jeez. Uh, but yeah, I remember that song specifically because it's actually a side view. They're all running and everything. It was actually like one of the first shipping in themes that that came out and i was like this is a jam man it was the very first op for ship that's yeah. why i looked up naruto <laughs> naruto shippuden <laughs> first op so like that shit went hard hang on let me find that one real quick good lord i, I like the quizzes i i really do um that is a lot of fun it's a little a fun segment we did and i clearly am definitely a little rusty um i used I'll to play something a little bit easier to uh connect dots with Absolutely. Uh, so. Your descriptions are, are kind of generic, so it was like, uh, <laughs> what's happening right so, now? This one's an easy guy, okay. so uh, we're going to work with that. <laughs> um, but apart so, from that, let's get into that. 
<laughs> isekai. <laughs> just just random isekai. What's the name? Uh, um, I I died and got reborn as a vending machine. Ooh. I think Actually, I, I've that, heard of that one. I've heard that of that. It's a real isekai. I just didn't know if you'd heard of it. Yeah. It was, it was so bizarre. I think my brother showed me that one. It looked it looked funny. But <laughs> he he's a big fan of the isekais. Um so anime. What yes. are you watching? Ooh, okay. So I'm watching uh Don't Tell Me Miss Nagatoro, which mm. is so I read the manga first, and I was really excited whenever they got the anime. You may have noticed that I like used all caps in the anime manga channel in our Discord. Yeah. And uh, so I was really pumped for it. But the thing is, is a lot of what's kind of charming about that show is in like facial expressions and kind of the details that they have in the art. And I was really worried it was going to get like a slapdash adaptation from like a cheap studio and it is not it does a really great job getting the details in the only downside is that i forgot that at the beginning of the series man it they gotta it, it, the general is just as this girl starts bullying this kind of like nerdy artist senpai, uh, senpai. and this is definitely in that genre of you know senpai kohai annoys the respective uh you know other party but they clear they clearly like them or something like that and it's just hijinks and so this one uh you know and she go, she goes to his art room and basically harasses him and and kind of picks on him, but clearly likes him. And it's just like little short stories each time. There's it started to, to develop a plot in the manga, but I think that's in like volume nine. Up until then, it's just a lot of like segments of funny activities. The, my only issues is I forgot at the beginning of the series when she first starts picking on him, it's actually pretty mean spirited. Like she's she makes him cry, and I was oh like, gosh. oof. Oof. But then, like, the rest of the series, she's, like, super cute about it. Like, she's like, oh, you're gross, and he'll accidentally, like, touch her arm or her leg or something, and she'll, like, blush and, and run away or some shit like that or call him pervy. And, like, it's really, like, not mean-spirited. It's just, like, she's being goofy. Yeah. But the first episode is just like, oof, you're being mean. But it changes real quick. And I, I like the storyline. It's funny, and the art is really good. Uh and it's up to episode nine now. Um, I definitely recommend it. Um, That's one I've seen a lot of art for. And it, it's looked like it's really wholesome and cute. And so I, I've wanted to watch that. I think I have it on my queue somewhere. I yeah, if you, high dive. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a nice uh, kind of palate cleanser uh, after something kind of dense. Like I said, like if you were watching something really dark or, or complex uh, kind of drama type stuff, uh, like I always... Uh, I always had to watch something like that after I watched like Blood Blockade Battlefront, which is a show that goes so fast and has so many characters that it is really hard to keep up with. Just watch the first episode and try to watch follow the subtitles. It is it is a challenge. So, that sounds intense. But just yeah. Blood Blockade Battlefront, I like that. Yeah. It is it is a bizarre and wild show and I it'd be up your alley. It's just yeah. it, like things fly by fast, 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 fast. And so I had to stop a couple times and be like, hold on, let's rewind that a bit. Okay, what is something this? important? Yes. I mean, it's it's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, Nagat uh, Don't Toy Me Miss Nagatoro is honestly like a really kind of breezy show and has a few funny moments and and it, like it's definitely not reinventing the uh, the wheel or anything like that. But it is it is a good enjoyable show to kind of just sit back and watch and enjoy yeah it's not nearly as hyperactive as uzaki chan from mm. last season okay. but uh, uh but i definitely like it and also you know nagatoro is adorable yeah 
Is that all you're watching? You're just watching no. anime? No, no, I have more. I was just going to give you a chance to say something of your own. Okay. I, right. I will we talk. Can, we can do that. <laughs> uh, so me and my wife are watching Fruits Basket, the final season. Yeah, uh, we binged the first two seasons. My wife has been a fan of the Fruits Basket series for a while. And mm-hmm. she found out that they were redoing the series. So we started it and I'd never seen it before or I didn't really understand what it was. So I started it and got hooked on it with her. And this has been a uh, pretty climactic se- or season so far. We, uh, mm-hmm. I think we're on episode nine right now. And it is, uh, it was good. It was intense. Yes. Shit. I love it. So Fruit Baskets was uh, one of those series that got a lot of traction because it was readily available in libraries. Like it was uh, back in the day, the manga was published, um, I I believe, by Tokyo Pop at the time. And they were pushing to have manga in libraries really hard. So Fruit Basket was a really accessible manga to uh, people early on. And the thing is, a lot of people didn't... There's actually an anime series before this one that only animated like half of the storyline at the time because it wasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. And so the ending for the original uh, anime that came out, which that anime was like 24 episodes, 26 episodes long. So it was still a lengthy show. Yeah. Uh, but the ending was completely different and, and it's, it's good in its own way. So there was definitely some uh, hanky animation in that. Like there's definitely like some eyes too close to the mouth kind of thing going on. It's, yeah. it's, it's nineties oh. anime. It's it's early two thousand anime. I forget which one, but it's 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 still really good. I like it. But they did a great job and brought back uh, a lot of the people for the voice acting and things. They also are finally animating the the second half of the story, and it apparently it gets pretty intense from what I understand. Um, I'm waiting until it's over to watch it, like I am on Attack of Titan, uh, Attack on Titan. So, yeah, I thought I was waiting until it was over, but I binged all the way up to season four, part one. And I thought they were finishing all in one go. And then when I finished it, I saw the notice and it was like, Oh, we'll see you at the, uh, we'll see you in holiday winter 2022. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> got season, you. Season four, part two. And I should have known because everything's been split up into season part one, part two. Mm-hmm. And I should have seen it coming, but a lot. Oh, fun fact about uh, the author of attack on Titan. They just got, uh, he just got a, the Guinness World Record for the largest manga created because they created that giant volume one of Attack on Titan. I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. cool. That's, That's wild. It's it's massive. Like the person, they show a picture of somebody laying on the ground, and the the book is open next to them. And like, I mean, the woman's like probably like six, uh, not six, oof, no, five. Five seven or eight or something like that, and it's like the same length as she is, and it's like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Okay, so you, uh, so you're you guys are watching Fruits Basket. So I'm about to talk about something I love to talk about, and is this is something I've been waiting since the last time we were recording podcast. I am watching Welcome to Demon School at Rumacoon season two. Ooh, I am about to gush because I love this show. Yeah, no this this show has everything I love. Uh, it has a compelling world. The animation style is older style, so it's really colorful and kind of has a different shape than a lot of like the moe stuff and uh, some of the sharp edges of like the action. So I really like it. It reminds me of actually kind of like uh, 80s and 90s manga. But 
I mean, coming off the the first season, you spent a lot of time getting to know the main character and some of the stuff immediately around him and it, developing the world and showing you basically how the demon world works and and you know having fun with it. I mean, the humor in the show is great. Like it, and it's starting to develop a storyline and it's actually expanding its uh, cast now. And it it, it never it, like every time you think it's going to be serious from this point on, it, it makes a joke. They they make a they just have a lot of fun with it. It's just they can't stop having fun with it. Um, I mean, we're talking about you know this time around uh, Iruma in the most recent episodes. He he actually goes through what they call an evil cycle. So demons actually they go through an evil cycle, kind of like I guess a, a demon menstrual cycle. I don't know. That's a terrible comparison. Um, <laughs> but they turn like extra evil for like a few weeks or a week or something like that. And so he he gets uh, he gets turned on to his, his evil cycle, which he doesn't actually have because he's human. So it's this whole weird like spell thing and he actually becomes like this like kind of like cunning, very like cool debonair version of himself and they like he convinces his classmates uh, are all part of the abnormal class who are actually like really great, you know, people to compete to get the former Demon King's classroom open for them to actually have as a class. And so they have to like go around and like challenge the teachers to get them to sign off on doing this. And it's really cool because that's how you learn about all the other abnormal characters in his class and their different uh, demon bloodline abilities and how they use it to, to beat the teachers and solve problems. And it's, it's really cool because now you have, you, you clearly see that this whole class is supposed to be part of this story. And it's really shaping up where you get you're gonna have an expanded cast, and I, I re, I've read the manga. I keep up with all the stuff, and it gets really really good. Um, I it's definitely not uh, innovative in some of its like stuff. Like there are definitely like plot points you can kind of see coming a mile away if you've been a fan of anime or manga or storytelling for a long time. Like for instance, there's a character whose name backwards is obviously somebody else. So it's like okay. Anybody that's played Castlevania Symphony of the Night pretty much is like, ah, Alucard, I see what yeah. you did there. Uh, um, but it, it's, I'm so excited about the show. It's, it just keeps getting better. Like, there's actually better storylines coming up, and I'm so pumped to, to see them animated. And this show pulls a move that I'm curious to see how it's going to work in the anime because they did it in the manga, and I was blown away. There is a character that is introduced at some point in the story that disappears completely. And they bring them back, and they t they pull basically like a, a Futurama, if you will, where it's uh, like, uh, oh, okay, so you don't get that reference? No, uh, no I don't. So uh, I can just explain it this way uh, real quick. Uh, in Futurama, there's Nibbler, the little, weird little alien guy. He shows up, and he seems dumb. Well, there's an episode where, you know, it turns out Nibbler's actually an alien, and Fry is so dumb that, you know, these evil invasion of brains. And it turns out that Nibbler... Was the one that actually pushed him into the into the little freezing pot, and it actually shows him like pushing the, the chair back in the first episode. But if you go back to the first episode and look at the actual animation from the very first season, the very first episode, there's actually a shadow of that character, and it was hiding there oh. for like three or four seasons. That's cool. Yeah, it was a really cool, fun thing. And they do something sort of similar to this in Iruma Kun, and I'm looking forward to seeing it in in anime form. Um, God, I, I could just talk about this show all freaking night. I love it so much. Like, I just, I just want to tell you the whole plot. But no, you should go watch it. You should just go I have watch it on my queue because you sold me on a couple funny scenes from the first season. <laughs> yeah, and it, it does look really nice. Like the anime style of it is pretty cool. They everyone looks like a Sailor Moon villain. 
they they all look really neat. Yes. So I, I'm excited to get to it when probably when it's done, I can I can get get ready for it. Um, next up for me, I'm watching Inspector, which I oh think boy. it's one you've talked to me about. Yes. But I'm actually not enjoying it. I think. Uh, can you um, tell me why? Like, I'm curious if you came to the same conclusion I did. Yeah. So it is. I'm halfway through it right now. And they have spent so much time talking about things that are not relevant to the case. Mm-hmm. So the main girl, she uh, she is this fabled god to these yokai that are haunting mm-hmm. the neighborhood, I guess, is what uh, the lore we're going with here. And as she helps out all the neighborhood yokai, she's fallen in love with one of her classmates, or just this boy at some point in time. And she stalked him for like two years and eventually he broke up with his girlfriend and she seized the opportunity to harass him into a relationship. And after they uh, finally allowed it, she found out that he is some sort of monster demon himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, while all this is happening, there's been a series of murders and hauntings from this uh, ghost. <laughs> I, yeah, I, one of the one of the things he did was consume mermaid flesh, which made him immortal. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, it's, uh, yeah, it's a so I I get exactly what you're saying. Like he just constantly is harassed by this girl. Yeah, it is, it is wild. And that just <laughs> it, it it took like two or three episodes for them to finally stop talking about them getting together, and then. Oh my God finally old girl stops talking to all the other ghosts and finally gets to the point of oh we have a big bad we gotta work on and it's this idol that got killed who's haunting the neighborhood and then the main girl main dude and his ex ex ex-girlfriend now all have to work together but they've all just been looking at this ghost as it just tears things up and fights the main guy and they run away and they have to come back and it's it's a lot of nothing like it, it nothing progresses anywhere and i, I don't know what i'm watching it, I, is, it has a really bad case of over exposition going yes. on there there is a i think it was a second episode where they're talking to the snake the snake yeah the water god ever was- it went on forever and it was it was unimportant like actually i think i got confused halfway through because like i yes. kind of like started zoning out and i was like wait what are we discussing what what kind of conclusion or deal did we reach? I don't, I don't yeah. understand what's happening. How did this progress the plot, and why is this pertinent to me? And it wasn't. Well, and that's the thing. It's like if it's if it's a show off, like a battle, or if it's a it, like it doesn't connect to anything else in the series. No. Like, it, and it, the thing is, it seems like the story wants to start like doing episodic ghost things, but then it really only had twelve episodes. So they tried to do one episodic episode with the snake water god thing, and they were like, "All right, now we're going to start the big bad next episode." And this this was pointless. Yeah, this was, and I don't know. Like I I like the animation. Um, I've read some of the manga, and it I think it's paced a bit better. The manga is paced mm-hmm. a bit better. Mm-hmm. I'd see that. The only thing I do really enjoy is the ending theme and animation, where they're kind of like ballroom dancing. It. It, it's really pretty and it looks great. Uh, but that's about it. I enjoy ending the episodes because I'm done. 
but then they also get to dance. But I, I, I love I love your straightforward nature. It makes me happy because like if you don't like something, you will not hide it, and that is that is great and refreshing yeah. when it comes to fandom. Because like I, I like you know it's, I wish I could be just as, as straightforward as that, but I will hurt myself to finish a series. Like you'll be like, no, this isn't it, and you'll be like, done. Yeah, I'll, I'll be like, I started. I, I gotta finish. I just, I got, a, I got a queue of fifty other animes to watch. I can't sit here and suffer. So, see, uh, I think that I think that's my my senpai mode going on because I, I still remember an, a time when anime was scarce, and when you got some, like it was so valuable to you. Yeah. Um, and now we live in a world where it's like, oh, I have Crunchyroll. I have a hundred and eighty series that I can watch. Um. And, oh, there's another platform that has other ones. Like, it's just endless, you know? I mean, yeah. there, I think there's even, like, a new retro anime uh, streaming platform called Retro Crush. Yes, but it it doesn't have a lot on it the last time I looked at it. But it it didn't have much that looked good to me. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe if you looked at it, the queue would look really good to you because you just you have more knowledge and everything. But yeah. I, I tried looking at it because I, I do like the aesthetic and everything of 90s and 80s anime but it none of it looked good to me if i oh, had yeah. seen it it's probably some older stuff like older licenses that some other companies have gotten they probably got together and and decided to make a streaming platform out of it look i'm not gonna lie to you i love old anime and i can go back and and enjoy it but there is a, i'll be the first to admit there's still a lot of trash yeah. there is some really bad stuff out there like that was the era of ovas um Original video animations or original animation videos, whoever you want to talk to says it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they, you know, those committees I was talking about, like, this is, imagine this is like the anime, like, bubble period, and the bubble has not burst yet. So, money is being thrown at people to make anime, and like, just even like little three episode things. And they made all kinds of bizarre shit, um, like Angel Cop. Like, it's, it's just like sci fi, you know, like, Hyper violent, hyper sexualized kind of a, like short three episode adventure. Um, Hang on, what was that called again? Angel Cop. Uh, yeah, it's okay. like it, okay. this right. is this is like trash stuff, but it, like it's the kind of stuff you watch and you're like, I don't know what's happening, but it's, it's still interesting. I like it's an experience. Like it's not when you'll go back and, and say like, oh, this is a classic masterpiece. I'm gonna watch this several times. No, it's when you watch and you go, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. I gotta tell some people, and and you know, I think all of that has its place in in fandom, and just like it's worth it. Like, see, uh, anime, anime, I go, anime, anime, I go. The company uh, that they are, they're a small company, and they basically do a lot of kickstarters for older style um, series, like Writing Bean is one of the ones I have. Otaku no Video, uh, I just did got Megazone Twenty Three from them, and. They they're doing like really old like OVAs like that. I think the most recent one is actually uh, this uh, series called a uh, series. I say series. It's a single episode. It's like a uh, called Maddox One, and it's basically this automated mech suit that this guy gets into, and it takes off on its own and starts rampaging through Tokyo. So imagine like it's Tokyo, and this like bumbling idiot gets into this mech suit and gets stuck. And then the people who created it have to get into like another suit and rescue him and stop the rampage. And that is it's that's all it is. It's just like this crazy like short lived adventure. But like that stuff doesn't get licensed over here very often. And so this company brings it out. And I like I like those kinds of things. I like 
like writing bean is something I can bring over to your house and show you in one night, and you're just like, yeah. what is this? This is a, this is a great experience, but it's definitely not a reliving one. Um, sorry, I I am long winded this evening. So I'll get, I'll get it. <laughs> you know what I need more of? I, I don't even know where it came from, but cassette girl. I don't God. know where that came from, but so more of that. That that actually is an entry into I think it's Studio Kahara, uh, the guys who left Gynex, uh, mm, okay. like Hideyakiano and them. They yeah, formed never Studio mind Kahara. I'll take it back. Take it back. <laughs> um, basically, all the talent from Gynex, uh, all the talent from Gynex went two directions. They either went Studio Trigger or Studio Kahara, and Studio Kahara is where. Uh, Ano is, if I recall correctly, last time I checked, and that's where they they made the Evangelion movies. And what they did for a few years was they did an animator expo, and that's where you got the. Did you ever see the Me 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 uh, video? It's a so. it's a music video. It was it was kind of popular for a little bit. It's really bizarre, but it has a really cool soundtrack and kind of like weird story about a breakup and and it's all turned into like video games and weird sensory overload shit. Um, I'll have to find it and show it to you. Uh, but that was really popular like the first year and then Cassette Girl was on another year. But basically a bunch of the guys would just get together and make little short animations and submit them to this animator expo and they'd show it online. I think they did it on uh, Nico Nico and so people could see it live streamed all these like kind of unique uh, animations that people make. And there's some stuff that's just like little short uh, like here's some text and some little characters moving and then there's like very complex stuff like Cassette Girl um cassette girl always makes me laugh because it still shows that there is a the guys who make uh, who were in Gyne, uh gynex and all this stuff they they did some animations for a convention called daikon uh in japan and that's where that girl with the sword flying on the sword comes from and they did a reference to that in flcl and they did it in cassette girl and i think it's in another show i've seen too like some of these guys have been around so long, they still they still revere that experience. So, and that's the thing is, I think uh, Studio Kahara's Animator Expo is supposed to be kind of like a revival, not exactly of Daikon, but a similar experience. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because that girl's fucking legit, though. I I love that. I had to I put that up and watch it on occasion because it's just it's, it's got the it's got such style and the music yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's it. it's insane. Um, let's see. Are you watching anything else, or is that a? Oh yeah, absolutely watching. I, I think I know. I I'm watching like ten things right now. I'm gonna okay. stop after this last one because let's do one more. Yeah, one more. Okay. So this one is actually in my collection. So I've made it a point. I have this huge shelf of collection, and uh, I made it a point to start watching it from the beginning. And so I started out with a channel, a channel, whatever you want to call it, which I actually. I, I pulled a U and I dropped about like eight episodes out of 12. So, it, you know, it's kind of a success. Um, don't do it. Yeah. And so I moved on to a personal favorite series of mine called I, Yori Aoshi. And I actually have watched this multiple times. This is a like early 2000s kind of like harem show. But it's it's not harem like in the kind of kooky hijinks way. So basically it's about this, this, this guy, Kaoru, um, going to college and shit like that. And this girl who's in traditional kimono, like definitely like traditional, uh, what was it? Is it Yamoto and Nadeshko kind of style? Like that traditional Japanese beauty kind of thing. She shows up and basically, you know, tries to move in with him and, and, you know, talks about how they're destined for marriage. Well, it turns out when they were kids, they were supposed to be betrothed. 
And what happens is, you know, he gets disowned from his family, so that marriage stops being a thing. But she actually fell in love with him, like, and trained as a as a potential wife and all kinds of things like that. And she loves him so much, she just chases him down. And so they go through all that, and they end up living together in this big, like, mansion for the family because they're, they're apparently going to figure it out. And then more char- more characters, of course, female characters, turn up and join, they end up staying at the house, too. This is a very common trope back in that period, like Love, Hina, Did It. I mean, it's still, still definitely a trope nowadays. Um, like, if you look at Yuna in the hot, the Curse of Hot Springs or whatever it is, that was a, another one where... It's another one where the guy ends up living in, like, a bathhouse with a bunch of women. Um, but Ayuri Aoshi is actually has, like, a really deep story about family ties and, and being disowned by your family and how, like, arranged marriages work with some ha- harem uh, hijinks along the way. Um, it's really lighthearted um, outside of a few moments towards the beginning and then towards the end when they actually have to address the elephant in the room, which is like, uh, wait, hold on, can we actually get married? Are we going to get married? You know, that sort of thing. But it's, it's a great show. It's really well animated. The characters are fun. The English cast is extremely good. Um, it's not a kind of high stakes, like, involved series. It's only 26 episodes for the original series, and then there was a sequel series, which is just more fun. Uh, as the couple gets to flirt together and be cute together, it's really adorable. Um, and they and they and that's so it's like I think it's like five discs for the first season and then three discs for the second season. I'm working my way through that. Um, I think you can find it on one of the streaming platforms, but I I got it like a long time ago when Pioneer used to release anime under the label Geneon. And, uh, yeah, I, I recommend that one heavily, and it, I'm enjoying watching it again. I turn it on before I go to bed, because I'll, like, because I'd chill and watch anime before I fall asleep, or I'll play, like, uh, a game before I fall asleep, but lately it's been Ayuri Aoshi. Um, so I'm about 12 episodes in, and I'm, I, I still like it. I've watched it probably four or five times, and I thought I'd be bored of it, or I'd hate it because it's harem and it'd be boring, but I have, I have some kind of, like, subconscious connection to how much I like this series. I don't know. So... I have an anime I would normally play whenever I go to sleep, and it's God Eater. And it's <laughs> it's only because of its like subdued colors, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's bright or anything like that. Everything is dark, and it's yeah, nothing's flashy. It's just oh yeah, yeah. They they did a whole yeah. muted a muted color thing with that uh, adaptation of the video game, right? Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Like, I don't even know if I really like the anime. Like I watched it before, but I just put it on to go to sleep one time. And I was like, I kept waking up to it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> then I kept going back to sleep. And it was a, it was a nice fill the room type coloring. And so that's my, that's my go to sleep anime. If I, I get that, I get that. If, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, I always end up watching it, your name would be another one that I tend to think the color, the muted colors would do that for you. But I just end up watching the movie, so I don't. I did with tears or a wet pillow. So. Oh man! <laughs> and you know what the sad thing is: there is sadder anime. Oh yeah. lord, is there a sadder anime? A silent uh, voice, I think, was probably worse than your name. A, si- a silent voice was just hard to watch because it's a, an accurate portrayal of bullying. Like yeah. they don't pull any punches on that bad boy. But a sadder one is five centimeters per second, which is literally a movie, as far as I can tell, about people falling out of love. Uh, it's just really harsh. I've tried to start that movie two or three times, and there's a little girl that talks in the beginning, and 
and I don't even remember what she says, but the way she talks like pisses me off. And so I don't finish it. <laughs> like, I hate this bitch so much. I'm turning it off. <laughs> but her voice is like so high pitched. I just can't do it. But oh, I, need no. go, I need to go through and finish it. it it's, oh my gosh. It, I think I put it back on my list. Cause I was like, that's not a good reason. I know this oh, is a good movie. The, there's also another movie that was more recent uh, called, I think it's called like the tiger and the goldfish. And it's uh, it's about this guy that ends up helping a girl in a wheelchair, and yeah, that is that is a that. rough one. That is a rough one. I because I my thing was I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I like the art style, I like the character designs, and I was, you know, I was like, oh well, I'm you know, kind of what's the synopsis? And I actually ended up kind of hitting like a little bit of spoiler territory on that, but I was like, oh well, I'll still watch it. And then I saw like the whole storyline, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna watch that. I don't feel like being sad, like actively yeah. sad. Um, so maybe if I get back into like I guess like the stress level to allow me to watch sad things that are purposely sad. I mean, like, I guess they're supposed to have a point. Um, maybe, but I'm not in the zone. I I need I need like fantasy. Take me somewhere else besides you know sad zone or stressed zone. I like I get off of work and I don't want to watch sad things and just sit in my dark room and cry at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna hit my last. Anim- animation okay yeah. and then we can hit our games um so Dude, i've so been excited. watching the grim adventures of billy and mandy um, oh my god in my <laughs> in my spare time while not a not an anime it is uh animated and that's just kind of been uh some comfort watching i've been trying to go through old cartoons uh on hbo max and they've got grim adventures of billy and mandy on there and it is it, it's still funny and that's what kills me. It's like I, I still like crack up laughing in at the horrific drawings of these children and the <laughs> scenarios, and it's just it's still great. Um, there, I you know I missed the bus on that one. I might see because I, I like to look up uh, cartoons and kind of watch them because mm-hmm. you know even as an adult, there's some really great cartoons out there. I remember discovering Regular Show, and boy oh boy, for a show that. It was on Cartoon Network when kids like actively be watching. Like that's got a lot of adult humor in it. I have you ever watched the show? I, I've seen like episodes of it, Whew. but I kind of lumped it in with Adventure Time and Steven Universe, and I was like, I don't think mm. I'm gonna watch something like that right now. So I didn't. But I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I like the earlier seasons are definitely where it's at because more episodic hijinks, and then they kind of have a semblance of a storyline towards the end of this the seasons. Because uh, it's actually over now. Um, but I'd say, like, the first, like, three or four seasons, if you, you just want to watch, like, silly, uh, slightly adult humor hijinks, watch regular show from there. Um, okay. Billy, Billy, so the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So is this is the one, it's, uh, it's just they end up hanging out with the Grim Reaper or something like that? So the, <laughs> they, uh, they have a, a gerbil or a hamster that's about to die. And the Grim Reaper comes to, to reap their hamster. And they're like, hey, you can't take this hamster. And he was like, well, well why not? <laughs> so they make a bargain with him. And like, well, if we beat you at a game, then you oh, can, no. or then, then you have to be our best friend. And if you beat us, then you could take the hamster. He's like, you know what? I could beat you at anything. I'm literally the Grim Reaper. So I'll do it. And so he tries to trick them and he, uh, he makes them play limbo. And he thinks just because he's all bones, he can go at any level. But 
they end up uh they end up tricking him and sticking the gerbil on him and making him hit the stick <laughs> it's insane it's what i mean i mean this is great classic cartoon hijinks like i i love that story but i i like my face is just all kinds of ranges of like what is happening in this description but it, I, I love it. it's worse and it, it's just crazy they do all kinds of like pop culture tie-ins too like there's like a couple harry potter episodes but his name's like nigel planter and he goes to toad blatt's school of sorcery and it, it, nigel it, planter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so funny and i i wish i could just i i could i could gush about billy and mandy all day but i've i've been trying to pay attention to the guys who write each episode because mm-hmm. the, whenever the main guy that wrote the series is involved, the episodes are significantly funnier. And so uh, whenever I see him throughout like storyboarded by Maxwell Adams, directed by Maxwell Adams, and whenever I see that, I know I'm in for a better episode and I'm excited. Like <laughs> I'm all right, here we go. Let's do this. And uh, it, it's exciting. Yeah. I, I love uh, getting into that sort of thing. Cause like, you know, a good cartoon, especially like when you learn who can write it, like that's the thing is like, you know, when I was, uh, I did the same thing with the Batman the animated series uh, yeah. when I was younger. Cause I was like, you know, I saw Bruce Tim on there. And so like later on, like when you'd see his name on something else, like even comic books, I'd be like, I want to, I want to read that. Yeah. Like, Cause I think Bruce he moves. Yeah. Like, uh, and I mean, he brought together like such a great, like, voice cast the fact the fact that he basically made brought back mark hamill's career with like voice acting like he yeah. like he talked mark hamill of star wars fame into voicing this insane clown and and ma- he made it his voice like people love mark hamill's rendition of the joker and as a matter of fact a lot of people try to emulate it and it's uh it's kind of wild uh, yeah speaking of animated batman i'll draw i'll drop it pretty quick after this but i've been kind of uh like watching some different clips and things on YouTube. And man, I forgot how funny Harley Quinn is. That show was so good. I, it's it's I was, cruel how funny it is to her. It's it is insane. It is like, especially towards the latter bit. There's a mm-hmm. section where her and Joker kind of actually split off where mm-hmm. she's done with him. And it's it's super funny after that point whenever she kind of does her own thing but mm-hmm. she she has her moments where she shines and it's, yeah it's great she's well, uh, you have alan tudyk as joker in that series and i don't know if they just let him write the jokes for the joker because he's hilarious oh you're talking about the harley quinn series yeah oh i thought you meant like in the batman animated series yeah i can see where I, that got confusing but no but, I, I i was that 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 series like they did two seasons. I wanted to bring it back. It's funny. Yeah. No, it's amazing. The Harley Quinn series is super funny. It was great. And, like, I'm glad they didn't pull any punches on that. That was uh, that was unadulterated fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was violent as hell, too. Like, I, yeah. I love, uh, was it King Shark? <laughs> King Sharks. He's, her whole rogues gallery of just bullshitters is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I uh I think it's I think it's funny because Alan Tudyk's been doing voices so long. I mean, he voices like multiple characters in the series. I think he voices Clayface, Joker, and like a couple other guys. He probably voices Harley Quinn too. They say it's Haley Kuko, but it's yeah, probably it's, Alan Tudyk. And he probably just did the whole series by himself. I'd believe it. 
<laughs> I mean, so. all right. So, so games. Where are you at on games? Because I, you have a good idea what I, where I'm at, and I'll talk about it a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're the you're the wild card. Like last time I saw you playing a video game, you were streaming Fallout New Vegas. I forgot I was streaming Fallout New Vegas. I got to get back to that at some point. I'm doing a villains run in Fallout New Vegas. Um, I'm playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm at the halfway mark for that um, on my Switch. And I just started this week, Seventh Dragon 3 Code VFD. Yes. So good. I finally got through like the two hour tutorial mm-hmm. so I can finally start playing. Yes. And, uh, it's it's pretty cool. I like yeah. it. It's uh it's not like uh most other little JRPGs I've played on my two DS. So I'm excited. Yes. I so that is one of my favorite like kind of sleeper uh titles I discovered on the three DS. Mm-hmm. I like it's it's got a lot of tra- roots in traditional RPGs, but I, I love the style of it. I love the character yeah. designs. Um I mean and just the thing is, is, I'm a huge fan of the Seventh Dragon series. Anyways, uh, who Seventh Dragon? Let's see. Do I can I reach it? Hold on a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll talk. So, I uh, it's got a really neat style where it's almost kind of comparable to the World Ends with You kind of characterization, but it's made by Sega, and I think so far only the third one has been released in the United States. Um, the first two have not, but I think Steven's about to pull something out of somewhere. I actually love the design of that series of Samurai so much, I actually got a figure out of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're, you guys aren't going to be able to see this in the podcast, but I'm going to enjoy it for you. This is yes. great. I could probably post it on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, um, put that on the Twitter. Yeah, I will definitely have that. But yeah, I, I love the design, and I'm actually sad because they actually made a figure for pretty much every one of the classes. I just Ooh, even yeah, the they were, yes, they but they released them within like three months of each other, and these are not cheaply made figures, so I didn't have that kind of cash hanging around. So I went with the samurai, which is my favorite design. Yeah, God Hand would be my second. That's who I picked for my main character. Was the God Hand? Yeah, that is that is a tough sell. Um, I think yeah, that's it. That's all I'm playing right now for uh, for myself. What are what are you juggling? Let's hear it. Uh, I think I did tell you, but I am still finishing Persona Five Royal, um, which I I got to be honest with you to degree. Uh, like I'm finally gonna get some time to play lengthy sessions, and I feel like I have to have lengthy sessions to enjoy Persona Five. Like, it's not something I could boot up for, like, 30 minutes and be like, all right, I got somewhere. No, like, 30 minutes is like, okay, I logged, got in, I talked to some people, maybe I did a confidant thing. Okay, time's up. Yeah. But when you when you get two or three, four hours to play, it's a lot of fun. Like, I mean, I could just waste time fusing personas and, and mm-hmm. you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm, like, I'm out here min-maxing my shit, like, some kind of, like, like there's some stakes to this. But, yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying that a lot. I'm joining it at my own pace. Like I, you know, we were, you guys did it as the book club game. I got far enough to at least have a little bit of the discussion. Uh, but um, I'm not in a rush now. Uh, I'm also playing on top of that the book club game for this season, which is Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm like in chapter two. Uh, I'm still I'm still in tutorial mode. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like, they're talking about, I think it's, like, gardening and fishing, and, like, I'm talking to, like, a million students. 
yeah, you're learning the school and the people. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's the the thing is is I okay, so I know there's like a a little bit of a social system from playing like Fire Emblem Awakening, which I'm also playing in at nighttime when I'm not watching anime, because I apparently am a glutton for punishment. But that's the thing is it, primarily like in Fire Emblem Awakening, it, it goes pretty quick into battles and it's more about the overall story and the social element is there, but they're not long winded. Yeah. This feels like a straight up dating sim with tactical fights in between it. That's all it is. Like as far as I as far as I've encountered, and I'm sure and I, and it seems like the story is gonna be interesting. There's a lot of like loose threads on the on the plot line, and I'm like, oh I wanna know what, what's going on here. You know, somebody doesn't really completely trust the religious leader and you know, there's all these different characters that have different personalities and backgrounds and multiple countries that operate like a, you know, kind of like a democracy. One's a kingdom, one's like an empire. It's yeah. a whole, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. But ultimately, I feel like I'm just trying to like get hearts in the corner at all times. Who did, uh, who'd you pick for your <clears throat> school? Uh, Black or Eagles the, all the way. Black Eagles. Okay. That's cool. I I went I, I, could, I could not resist the charm of Edelweiss. So, um, so I uh, I was kind of not feeling it really, the whole game up until mm-hmm. this midpoint. And really? Chat, yeah, I was I was really on the fence about it. I mean, I'm gonna finish it because it's our book club game. Mm-hmm. And, but once I uh, once I got to the halfway point, shit turned up to eleven. And wow. I uh, I'm invested all the way now. Okay, so cool. It, it starts escalating a little bit, mm-hmm. and it it does just it is just a whole lot of talking. And I mean, that's sometimes that's a turnoff for me. Sometimes it's not. It just well, I mean, you made it. You made it through uh, what was it? Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah. F Sharp Dreams or whatever. I don't. I don't know the full name. Yeah. Uh, but Splash. But that. Uh, yeah. God, I still love that game. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like that game has a lot of talking in it. It's because you were posting pictures of different dialogue that was happening while you're playing, and some of them, yeah. some That's of it funny. was funny. That, that yeah, game was, was insane. Um, but yeah, so Fire Emblem. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm planning to stick it out too. I'm going to try to finish this book club game before we're done with it. Because uh, you got to catch up before September. Yes, so that but you I, can get ready for Atelier Rizzo. Oh, I'm I'm ready for that one. I've actually I actually have a notebook that I'm ready so I can do all my combinations of alchemy. Nice. Um, but this one, uh, you know, this one's what I'm excited about because there's not a time limit on it anymore. I think mm-hmm. this one is actually just straight up story based and in a straightforward adventure, and I like that because all the previous ones were like you have so many months or like a year, and each time you go out to get gather ingredients and stuff like that, it was a day passed or like or, or stuff like that. And so you had a you had a certain degree of a time limit on your gameplay, and it actually encouraged multiple playthroughs because if you ran out of time and you didn't get far enough along or create the right thing, there's entire parts of the story you would miss, mm-hmm. and you had to you had to do a new game plus where you had stuff kind of uh, you boosted so you could go further in the story. And like I, I did that with two of the games, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna learn how to do this quicker. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited about that. But Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's main focus, honestly, in terms of like what I'm trying to complete. Persona Five is still in there. Um, the last game is Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition, and I know I'm I'm doing the trifecta, the trifecta of torture because that game is all about side quests and just so much to manage. Like it, it reminds me of like a survival game mixed with an MMO. 
where yeah. there's just so many items that you you weed through and you collect and and uh, and it's important. Like there's there's side quests where it's like the drop rate is like two percent on some of this stuff, and you just have to wander around the world and leave the yeah. screen and then come back and check on it again. And like I some of those side quests are really critical, so you can unlock like some really important skills or tree or skill trees, mm-hmm. and it, it it's really good. Like I know for mine, I, I got at least three or four extra skill trees for all my characters or across yeah. my characters. And I mean, it it was well worth it. Now I got like three or 400 side quests in and I still want to go back and do more, but I have to go back and finish the side quest. I got to finish rebuilding the, the colony. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of stuff to do and I, I beat the game. I still got to finish the Beastopedia. I think. Cause oh yeah, there's, there's a lot monsters. Yeah, super monsters I didn't beat. And it it, it blows me away because a lot of that content is just like in starting areas. Like I think I was yeah. roaming around in like the starting area. And there's like this big gorilla that's like level ninety seven or some shit like yeah, that. That guy. And it, yeah, and he's just like standing in front of like a cave. And the part of me that's like, oh, I know what's in there. It's like maybe I should fight him. And then it's like red, and, and it's like, are you sure? And I'm like, okay, yeah. no, I won't. I won't fight him. Do you want to make a better decision? <laughs> Pretty much, like I, I'm, I'm clearly not thinking straight at this point in time. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking out some pretty massive JRPGs all at the same time. Um, and then I, then my casual nighttime game is JRPG too. <laughs> so I have a problem, but I'm also practicing Smash for our big tournament in July, uh, mainly because. It seems to be a really popular game. A lot of people like playing it. And I love competing. Um, you should have heard me last night when I was playing with all the guys. I just like yelling and cursing at people and telling them they suck, even though they were killing me. Uh, yeah. But, no, no, that's but, the usual response. So you're fine. <laughs> but I mean, they did show me how to actually like block and dodge and like actually show me some strategy for playing the game, at least against them. Uh, you know, they turned off all the frame talk. No, no, I haven't hit frame talk. I it's it's horrible. It's where it's where you get shown your frames, and uh, you get broken down how you need to read frames. It's it's horribly humbling and uh, degrading. <laughs> I, uh, it's good for your development. <laughs> I just want to be developed enough to like embarrass Daryl or you know on a couple occasions because he would beat me pretty bad last night. No, I wouldn't count on it. Wouldn't count on it. Oh boy! But um, yeah, that's about it for for video games. I'm actually playing. There's a lot I've thought about. Um, you know, because we were talking about the Dragon Quest announcements, and so it's made me kind of like want to go back and play a Dragon Quest. But you know, I I should have a limit on how many JRPGs are going concurrently. Yeah. Uh, and I've also wanted to go back and play Horizon Zero Dawn again. Like, all these are thoughts in the back of my head. Because, you know, Forbidden West has been getting showed off. And I remember enjoying that quite a bit. Um, and I feel like, you know, I tend to... With games that are like that, that are like these unique experiences uh, to, to PS4 itself, um, I like to go back and, and play them when I can. I feel like Horizon Zero Dawn would be a good one because it's been so long that it'd be fresh. Um, I still need to go back and play Spider-Man again. And I also will probably go back and play Ghost of Tsushima at some point because that game was so good. Wow. I think Ghost of Tsushima is the last thing holding me back from quitting on my PlayStation 
and then I'll just pack it up or no, that's going to play our DVDs. So I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do with it. I'll probably move uh, it to the bedroom. It's just, it's just a really nice uh, Blu-ray player at that point. It, it is. I mean, I've got my PC now, so I don't, uh, well, I just want to keep my desk uncluttered. I'm really, I got my PC, my switch, my Wii U. And I, I get that. That's classic. And that I'm set really. I, I get that because a lot of the games uh, are coming out on PC now. Like one of the big reasons why I got a PS4 and I even had a PS3 before was just the really unique Japanese games like Sinran Kagura's and uh, you know, all these, you know, uniquely Japanese games like the tales of series was primarily on PlayStation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, final fantasies and, all of that, but nowadays it's all popping up on P- on PC. Like all the games are available. Like all the weird Bandai Namco games, um, all the Final Fantasies, all the Tales of the Weiss series is on there. The t- Trails of Cold Steel is on there. Um, I mean, come on, they have anime themed sales now. You can play Dragon Ball Z, fi- uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Guilty Gear. So it's not just like you know anime centric stuff but it's, it's fighters it's adventures it's all of it and it's yeah. it's really it's i can see how somebody would be like i'm good with the pc now yeah i don't i don't even need to worry about my playstation i can read platinum all my cinder and Conqueror games again so what what even do i need the playstation for anymore yeah um let's see so apart from that um, a couple of news points I had anime wise, I could just, uh, I can kind of rapid fire hit for you real quick. Go for it. Um, I saw Neon Genesis Evangelion 3.0 and 1.0, some kind of new movie came out. Yeah. Uh, opened in Japan, second highest grossing movie behind Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, Mugen Train. Yeah. Thought that was pretty neat. Didn't know. NGE was still making movies, kind of. So th- that was the final movie that people were so pumped about, and it got delayed uh, through 2020 because of COVID 19. So mm-hmm. this is so people were chopping at the bit to see this. This is Studio Kara's final movie. It's been like four years or something like that since the last one. It feels like it, anyways. Because yeah. the last one was like 3.33. Um, you like you are not alone or something like that. But yeah, this is the final film. This wraps up the whole refreshed neon Gen- genesis evangelion uh movies and i, I still want to watch those i look you know neon genesis evangelion is a polarizing series it's one of the ones from my heyday and after going back and watching it again i don't really like it like i i think what i really liked about it back in the day was the giant robot fights yeah. but now and I was I was a teenager and I was just I was missing some of the the nuances of like the character interactions and stuff like that. And after watching it again, I was like, it's like it's okay. I just some of the characters end up being nonsensical, unlikable, and you're just like, this is like painful. Just, yeah, just let me just give me big giant robot fights. Like yeah. the weird lore is is not really what I'm feeling about it. And, you know, I have that with certain Gundam series, too. Like, there's a yeah. uh, Gundam Wing is one of the ones that was another series that was in my heyday. And I, I went back and watched it, and I think it's I still think it's a decent show for the, the mech battles. But some of the, like, constant long-winded political machinations and, and like, talk about, uh, what is it, pacifism and, and all this junk, I, it's really long. And I'm like, 
skip. Yeah, <laughs> I got halfway through Wing and I got bored. Mm-hmm. Like I got to the big. Uh, they just framed the Wing boys for uh, betraying the Feder, not Federation, for, or they just framed them for staging the attack or the big attack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like the next episode or something, it was another thing of talking. And I was like, it just took forever to get to this point, man. I don't, I don't think I can keep doing this. Yeah, they, uh, they do a, a wing is basically an alternate timeline that uh, does a lot of retelling of the Universal Century timeline stories. Um, you know, because they do the Charles counterattack, trying to drop the uh, colony on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do some some stuff from like the original 0079. They do some stuff from Zeta. It's it's kind of wild, um, but it, I just feel like you know again it's another one of those cases where a series is not very bingeable. Like when I used to watch Wing one you know one a couple afternoons at a time, or you know if you were watching it one week at a time, I could see how you would be like okay I want, uh, oh okay this is cool. Uh, more mech fights, you know, I'm excited about that. But if you're watching, like, hour after hour of it, it can be like that. So, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like, I, I think that's one of the uh, reasons why I still try to watch shows slower. So I'll mix different things together. That's why I have ten shows going at once. Because even if you do have the ability to binge them, it still slows you down. Yeah. So. Okay, um, so speaking of Gundam, by the way, because I got a news bit on this. They are making a new Gundam Seed sequel uh film if i recall correctly it's going to be a sequel to gundam Seed destiny so that seems so random because yeah they're, they're still working on hathaway or i mean hathaway is about to premiere uh surely not too long from now and i think i saw there there was another project apart from hathaway maybe that's what the seed was but mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know why they'd go back to seed but okay yeah. i guess we could have had I... another char but I mean, I agree. Uh, honestly, Seed Destiny was not really that great to me. I liked Seed because it's a retelling of the original UC 0079 with kind of its own little spin and altered timeline. But and that's a solid storyline. But Seed Destiny was, I don't know, I didn't care about any yeah. of it. God, you still need to watch Unicorn. Unicorn yeah, I do. I do. So damn good. Um, next up, I had Netflix had. Oh, I spelled that all wrong, but or it was the uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness trailer. It came out two weeks ago. They finally got their Jap- Japanese cast, which nice. I thought was interesting. Netflix got their American side first, uh, <clears throat> apart from their Japanese. Just thought that was kind of weird because Capcom's a Japanese company. I think I thought mm-hmm. they were. Yes, they are. I don't know. I thought that was odd. But I mean, uh, they can't do anything wrong right now. They made that Monster Hunter money, and they can just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure they're still feeling. Oh, they they may be feeling themselves off RE8. They may, oh yeah, uh, I mean they may be doing. Good. I mean they they're they're on the upswing right now. I mean yeah. Monster Hunter Monster Hunter World made them shit tons of money. Then they released it on PC and made more shit tons of money. And then they made a Nintendo exclusive version of it and made shit tons more money and literally like it's it, monster hunter is printing money for them and then you throw in the fact that like resident evil 7 was a really good release and it, it got a lot uh, going for them they had devil may cry 5 come out and that also got a lot of love um they and then doing really good yeah yeah resident evil that. 8 came out yeah i mean 
ever since they switched over to that new engine, and like I don't know what happened, but like it runs everything well, and everything they've created has pretty much been. I mean, even the remakes of like two and three were pretty well received. So now you can get them for a pretty low price. I think I picked up the Resident Evil Two remake for like twenty bucks. I got the Resident Evil Three remake for like sixteen. I'm still working on getting my collection back up. Um, Ryori Kenshin has two number one spots at the Japanese box office. They have yeah, the two movies final coming. Movie. Yep, that was pretty neat. Um, apparently, it's not uncommon to just release two movies. They did that with like Death Note and something else. They put a part one and a part two out. Mm-hmm. And that, um, that was neat. Have you seen the live action Ryori Kenshin movies? Nah. So. That that those movies right there are an exercise in how to make a good anime based movie. They are really well done. They're really well acted. Like in the and the CG on it is actually pretty darn good for because uh, I think Warner partnered with them. You can actually buy the Blu-rays of the first three movies. Uh, okay. With yeah, like they're they're available uh, in America and they are great movies. And they do a good job of kind of like compressing the Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, storyline into three little movies. That it's really well done. I recommend. I recommend recommend at least one watch. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. My last thing: the Prince of Persia remake is not going to be shown <laughs> at the Ubisoft event this weekend. Uh, it's still delayed indefinitely. So I'm going to go <laughs> jump off my car or something, uh, just because I'm sad. You you're you're like one of the few super fans of that series. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you are just you know you're you're holding on to that. Someone has but, to. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel you. Like, I, what are we going to get? Another Assassin's Creed? Another, uh, you know, Ghost Recon? Another, you know, all the things that they basically drop all their money into? Actually, they are working on another Ghost Recon where they're <laughs> uh, bringing in Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six Siege, and Splinter Cell. Uh, I think they just announced that rumor today, or that rumor wow. just broke ground. So that's the first thing that. Uh, Sam Fisher is going to be in in a while. Wow, was uh, that? But that's if that even becomes real. I don't know. I, I mean, like Splinter Cell rumors have been around for a while. But speaking of rumors that have been around for a while, the Switch Pro. Like, how much do you think that is actually going to happen? I I actually think it's going to happen. You um, think so? Yeah. I just... I, I just wonder if they're going to make. It not dock or like not be able to leave the dock because like mm. I just don't see an OLED screen being portable and like uh, or like you're not going to be able to remove the Joy Cons. Mm-hmm. You're not. I, I don't know. There's just too much risk with that. Yeah, I, I could see them dropping the the motion controls. Yeah, like and just making it a solid unit, uh, possibly to avoid the potential. Uh, drift issues yeah uh, but like because with that because and i think about it i mean like how many games really are using the motion controls at this point i can't imagine many i think the last yeah. one i used was paper mario the origami king yeah and i actually had to swing my remote around for that but i don't oh, think wow. many are using that i i know the new mario golf that's coming out this month is going to use it because you know it's golf but uh, but still like the majority of games are not motion controlled, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I'm just I'm finding it hard to believe. Like like I, it's a very much a boy who cried wolf kind of syndrome going on for me. Like I I love the concept of of a Switch Pro. I would love that. Um, 
especially because I like gaming in 4K. I like a boosted power, so like the games that are like really nice and big that the Switch can't handle now can now play uh, the way they're supposed to. But I mean, it's you know, it came from Bloomberg, and like, and you know, Forbes has reported before on these rumors, and like, it just ends up being nothing. And like, what it feels like is just hype for hype's sake. Yeah. And I, if if I if I have to be honest, I'm tired of hype. I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, like I want to I want to be happy uh, about it. And maybe maybe I just don't get hyped anymore. Like I, it's always funny watching Daryl and and his stream and like him getting excited about stuff. Like that is genuine excitement. And I'm just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like, I yeah. I feel like such a bummer. Like I bet if I was streaming and somebody was like, look, good news, I'd be like, awesome, good. I probably wouldn't even be the same way. I'd be like, doubt it. <laughs> and just, uh, just roll it. I'm, I'm just incredibly cynical, though. Oh, absolutely. It's. I feel like the Switch Pro is just an easy, easy fire to light just to get people circulating something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see from a... See, I can see some of the logic of it. There's lower Switch shipments, which is somewhat to do with the shortage of microchips. Um Maybe possibly because they're about to announce a new model. Um, yeah. They're they're on the are the headliners on one of the days of E3. And Nintendo has been doing their own thing for so long; it's kind of bizarre that they are like a headliner at E3. Yeah, and they usually have their own directs. They don't really. They're like, okay, cool. You know, they might show some stuff on the floor for the people who are there, but it's rare for them to be a headliner. So, I mean, if you're going to be a headliner, you better have a big announcement to make. So, I don't know if they're either going to show off the Switch Pro, Breath of the Wild Two, and somebody pointed out an important thing that I hadn't considered before. Usually when Nintendo hardware launches with a Zelda game, it does well. Because technically the original Switch launched with Breath of the Wild, and if they were going to launch the Switch Pro with Breath of the Wild 2, that would be beneficial. And they've been sitting on the Breath of the Wild 2 stuff for quite a while. So like, it could be a big, huge double whammy sort of thing. But the part of me that hates to be disappointed just wants it to be like, no, it ain't going to happen. So if it does, I can be like, yay. And if it doesn't, I'll be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to have your heart broken. <laughs> I understand that. I just I just don't see it. Because mm-hmm. the last time we even heard something about Breath of the Wild 2, they said we, we are just now starting it or something. We just got the green light. And but I mean, I mean that was like two years ago. Like, that was well, two years ago. No, that wasn't even that. That was... That was like a direct to go. Oh, that can't be true. Like I, I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm opening a tab. No, so we got that teaser with short-haired Zelda, and that was <laughs> Breath of the Wild two. But then, um, not even, not even a couple months ago, I want to say, uh, the main guy for Zelda came out. He said, "Hey, we don't have. We are. We're still working on Breath of the Wild two. We don't have anything to show right now." But hey, check out Skyward Sword. I hope this fills the void. And that's what we got instead. Instead of a Minish Cap remake. A Minish Cap remake. Look, I, I'm all on board for a Minish Cap remake, to be honest with you. You know, keep making old old world Nintendo remakes uh, on the Switch. I'm I'm down for it. Like apparently apparently Link's Awakening did so well, they were like, let's remake, you know, some random Pokemon game in the middle of all the generations. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I, okay, so, like, I'm super pumped for it. It looks exactly like Link's Awakening's remake was, was done. But it was a weird choice. Is it because all the other ones have already been remade already? Maybe. Because, um, like, 
Because is Pearl and Pearl and Diamond like a generation that's like really popular? Do they have cool ideas? You're you're my local Pokemon expert, so uh, yeah. So po- Pearl and Diamond are the only ones that haven't haven't been retapped for resources, but th- they did bring a whole lot to the plate. Okay, and it it was just a really unique and wonderful season for the Pokemon games. Um, had a pretty pretty vibrant world to be in neat gems lots of new pokemon pokemon that tapped on old pokemon to evolve uh it was it was a really integrated pokédex there um hmm. but it was it was just a nice world to be in and there's tons of secrets tons of stuff to do you you could start okay. investigating that world and you probably wouldn't be done yeah like, i i Go ahead, I, I cut you off. It had a good like villain, the Team Galactic people that were trying to destroy the universe. Like it was, it was good shit all throughout. Like it, it wasn't just I gotta flood the world. It was I'm trying to destroy the world completely and rip it apart, or, or control the guy that can. And it just got way out of hand. And like the just memorable things throughout all that. What? Like, okay, these are the storylines of Pokemon games. Like, I just completely missed all of this. Yeah, yeah, it, it got way better. <laughs> it, it or it just kept escalating. But like we were talking about in our Discord the other day, in uh, in black and white, like that was probably <laughs> the peak of villainy. Like he was a rival, I think, that turned into a villain, and he was really cool. But just everything else sucked. <laughs> Like, it was not a vibrant world. It was not a neat integrated Pokédex that blended with everything else. It it felt wrong mm-hmm. across the across the board. But that's I'm just a man, and that's my opinion. No, oh, well, I'm still interested in trying more Pokémon. I just gotta space them out because I can get really tired of them if I go too often. Um, I'm definitely on board for Pearl and Diamonds remake, and and I'm on board for more Nintendo remakes of solid games in that style of Link's Awakening. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. As long as they continue to choose good titles that have the kind of following that that would make them a success, they're going to make money off of them. I mean, mm-hmm. Link's Awakening is literally almost everybody I talk to like one of their top three Legends of Zelda's, and yeah. uh, and then like you know, Pokemon is a no brainer, but. I'm trying to think what else they could they could remake in that style, and in at the moment nothing's coming to me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna think of it. I'm gonna think of it. Damn it. No, I, I can't I, think of anything else in that Game Boy style that would be better in a 3D. Because really, that was it. Zelda, Pokemon, and I mean, Dragon Quest is potentially getting all the Octopath love. So no, that's true. Yeah, I and they. I bet they're still going to make another Octopath Traveler too. Um, yeah, so that's uh, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. I'm I'm excited for open world Pokemon adventure game. That's pretty nifty. Yeah, that Arceus one looked really neat. Um, that would be pretty good. Or I'm hoping it is. I kind of want to see more <laughs> just to see what I'm getting into. But I'm yeah. excited for that. Oh man, so that's a that's a lot to cover. I mean, we still have uh, we still have some other uh, things coming up in the future too. Like for instance, Comey can't communicate is getting animated in November. Tabby um, was just asking me about that. That's a period. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, so she orders stuff for her library, 
uh, mangas and whatnot. And like she, she sees what's popular and she's like, hey, what about this one? I'm like, Steven talks about this one. That's popular. That one's getting animated, he told me. That one may be a good one to look out for. It's so it's uh it's neat whenever she asked me that and I'm like, hey, I've heard about that one. Steven's told me. Yep. Uh, so and I can honestly say Comey can't communicate would be a great choice for a library uh manga. The story is there and there's like it's interesting because it's it's more about people and the different people and how they have different quirks and how they interact with each other. And there's there's like a little bit of romance like that's kind of like hinted at, but it's not the main point of the series. Like one of the interesting things is like all each chapter is just like fun little like cute things, funny things. I mean, because she has a communication disorder, there are some uh, like chapters that there's no words. It's just like her reactions to things and and stuff like that. And so it's really fun. But like every student basically has a name that's basically a pun on their weird quirk. Like there's there's the the girl uh, that has the uh, middle schoolers disease Naka Naka. Um, there's a really creepy girl named Yamai Rin that has an obsession with Komi, and not like not like a cute like I really want to be close to you kind of way. Like I want to lick your feet kind of weird. Um, there's actually a, a chapter where like she sees a rip in Komi's tights and gives her a replacement. And so she can steal the tights and she puts them over her head and runs to the hall with them. It's fucking hilarious. She's oh, like, my God. It is. And, and then, you know, there's like Ase-san who sweats a lot, which literally, I, I think it's uh, Ase, it literally is the Japanese word for sweat. And, you know, you get you get the, the Gyaru girl who uh, does her makeup really bizarre, so everyone's scared of her, but then she gets, she's having trouble making friends, and so she ends up crying, and the makeup gets messed up, so she takes off, and it turns out she looks great without makeup. And, and it, like it's really it's really cute, and it's about, uh, uh, like, as much as she has communication disorder and wants to make a bunch of friends, it shows other people with other personality quirks that make it challenging for them to make friends and how they all kind of figure things out together. It's really cute. It's really fun. There's also a, a character in there that is uh, hilarious. Because it's uh, the most popular character um, is named Najimi. And Najimi is, knows everyone and is friends with everyone and loud and obnoxious and troublemaking. And you don't know if it's a girl or a guy. And the character themselves literally doesn't ever reveal it even though so many people ask him her and they make it a joke throughout the whole thing because he gets he gets asked out by a girl and he's like oh no i'm a girl i i, I don't do that and then a guy asks, asks her out and it's like oh no i'm a guy why would you ask me out so, so it's it's always played for jokes and, I, and she's uh, she he is really funny um but i i love that series that series is fantastic and it deserves to get animated um it'll be interesting to see how they animate it because there's so many like silent storylines but uh they just reached the climax of uh one of the plot lines in the manga uh recently so i guess that's kind of like they did the, the climax and announced the anime it's a whole thing and i'm pretty pumped about that uh, my uh, my manga reading is off the charts these days i i think i'm reading close to about 40 series jesus so, yeah i um, can't even read so. Yeah, well, in the Discord, I've, I literally limited myself from dropping manga uh, suggestions in the anime manga channel because I would just be like, just flooded. I think you and Daryl and Will are our main readers in there. It's uh, you guys holding it down. 
Yeah, I uh, I find that I have a little bit. Whenever I have time, I can read a chapter of manga fairly quickly, so it's, it allows me to keep up with series when I have my little tiny bits of time. Because it's yeah. hard for me to find time always to like watch an hour of anime. Um, so manga is definitely my saving grace because I can read a chapter in about like two three minutes. So yeah, I tried doing that with the Shonen Jump app, but mm-hmm. I just never stuck with stuff. But it's hard to get me to stick. That's the that's the hardest thing with reading. Cause I, like mm-hmm. I try to read books too, and I just never stick with reading anything. Yeah, I've recently gotten back into reading books, and it, it does take some uh, adjustment. But I think it's because reading I can do in such small bursts that it's become a, a thing again. I'm currently reading uh, the Mistborn trilogy. I'm reading the first book in the Mistborn trilogy, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm getting back into fantasy. And that you know, I'm getting used to the writing style and some of the descriptions, and because uh, I'm used to reading manga and it's got pictures. And, yeah, uh, I don't need a description. I can see the picture. Yeah, and so getting used to reading books with descriptions and stuff again, um, it's, it's not a bad experience for me. It's just unusual compared to what I've read primarily in the last like you know few years. So Right. Oh, wow. Man, we covered a lot of stuff today. We have. We've, uh, we've almost done an entire SpongeBob the movie times <laughs> worth. Wait, um, you know the length of the movie? I know a lot of things, <laughs> but I think this is probably going to be a good send-off point. I can, Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go tuck you into bed real quick. And uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you. I appreciate no it. I'm going to get cozy. Yes, sir. But all right, man. I think this is a, a good returnal episode for us. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think I'm excited for another round, and I'll see you next time, big fella. All right. See you next time, man. Have a good night. Yes, sir. And for everyone that wants to follow us, you can check us out on your, uh, I guess, podcasting system of choice, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can follow us on our Twitter at senpaikohaipodcast.com. Drop us a little review. Say hi. See what we're playing. See what we're watching there. And we will see you next time. Bye.